Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and it is May 31, 2023. And, PK, you are with us tonight all the way from Tucson. How are you doing? Absolutely fabulous. Couldn't ask for better. The month is over with as of today. Hooray! We get to start Yay! <laughs> We need a fresh start. Oh, we definitely do. We definitely do. And the nice part about what's going to be taking place with this new month starting tomorrow deals with details of things, choosing the right time and place to do things to make ourselves comfortable. But it's an excellent time for everybody. Get yourself a good physical, check it out, deal with the details, and work on your own personal health. If you do that, you'll find that the month will go very well for you. It's a time putting things in order, lay them out in a positive way, and you can respect your choices because you're looking at the details of things. And think of June as being about details, working hard, and no shortcuts. And that's the best I can offer you for the month. You'll be surprised at how well you'll feel at the end of it. Oh, good. Well, I think that's mm-hmm. wonderful. That's good advice. I can follow that, I hope. <laughs> I do like my can, shortcuts. I'm but... you all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be behind you with the prod. <laughs> yeah, you will. I know. I know. Yeah. That's helpful. <laughs> well, I wanted to say something about our guest last week. We really appreciate everybody that comes on the show. But then we got some questions about <clears throat> do we think there's uh, – you know, do we agree with the, the guests that there's nothing wrong with Biden? And I think we can clearly say, no, we don't agree <laughs> that there's nothing wrong with Biden. So I think we both no, kind of alluded to that yeah, in our conversation. Yeah. But, we, you know, this is the thing. We like to give our guests the opportunity to express right. their own opinions. This That's is not a show where, yeah, where we confront people that can – say what they want and uh but no we didn't agree with that it's just that again our guest uh has a different point of view and mm-hmm. we just we but just did not uh, yeah we just didn't agree with it that's all and so anyways that's where we are in the world today we think there is something wrong with him <laughs> so <laughs> anyhow it's a beautiful day here finally we have warm weather i'm not freezing to death it's great to be in New England days like today. So um, I, I'm just so happy to have this guest with us tonight, and I think it sounds oh, like you and 
and our guests are probably sisters in spirit because you're both numerologists and you have so much in common. So Definitely. we're going to have a great, great time tonight with our guest, Sue Frederick, and we're going to bring her on in just a minute. I also wanted to let everybody know, a couple of nights ago, we saw strange light in the sky. So I got on my trusty iPhone and took a short video. I will be posting that on our ah, Facebook page. So good. please take a look. Yeah, let us know what you think. I mean, it's uh, it's an unusual uh, light in the sky. That's all I can say. And then you will have your own gut feelings about it and your own uh, eyes looking at it. And you can tell us your thoughts about what you think it is. But, of course, there's so many people now that are reporting and showing videos of UFOs and Bigfoot. There's been a tremendous amount of Bigfoot sightings that have been posted, and I think a lot of them are indeed credible. So it's, it's fascinating to watch these doors open and and also be able to have such an open conversation about it. Years ago, True. it wasn't like this. You know, people were mm-hmm. ridiculed and made fun of. Not that that doesn't go on today. It does to some degree, but nothing like it did years ago. So it's a nice time to be able to talk about the paranormal. And so here we are Don't you think with the paranormal. With Andy, all of us have cam- phones now that have cameras in them. And people are taking pictures of things that before they would just talk about. Now they can show it in living color, if you will. It's, so yeah, it's a big, huge big, difference. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and but so then there too. are a lot of photo analysts out there that can tell you uh, what this is. You know, is this an authentic photo or not? Has it been photoshopped? Let's face mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of good people out there that can do CGI like nobody's business. And it's it's very difficult to tell those things apart. But true experts can. And MUFON has their experts and across the country that look at photos like that. And they can tell the difference. So I'm sure that they will be pointing that out with all of the recent submissions that have gone on. Mm-hmm. Very, very Definitely. exciting time to be alive and watch the paranormal come to the forefront. Love it. I just love it. So our guest tonight. I know. We've been waiting. How long have we been doing the show? Ten years now. So it's changed a lot, the atmosphere (laughs) with the paranormal. So our guest tonight is a channel. She's everything in the paranormal. She's a channel. Mm -hmm. She's a clairvoyant. She's claircognizant. Claire audience, and she receives wisdom from guides and departed loved ones to help you heal grief and find your purpose. And with her powerful intuition, Sue Frederick uses sacred numerology and mystical information to facilitate access into a divine lens to heal your life. And she's also an ordained Unity Minister, Lifelong Intuitive, Past Life and Between Lives Soul Regression Therapist, and Master Numerologist, Intuitive Coach, and Spiritual Guide. Sue has helped thousands of people realign with their soul's purpose and connect to departed loved ones in therapeutic conversations. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, on CNN, Real Simple, Yoga Journal, Natural Health, Complete Woman, 
Fit Yoga and Nexus magazine. And she's with us tonight. You guys are in for a treat. So, Sue, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I feel like kindred souls with you all, especially with PK, because we just figured out that we both had a start in numerology way back in the 70s (laughs) for the same Mm -hmm. reason. That we do. (laughs) Yep. That's great. And, yes, I think there's a bigger purpose for you coming on the show tonight. So this is exciting. mm -hmm. Very. Well, well, Patricia, as we were talking before the show, um, it was 1979 when my young husband died from colon cancer, and I was 29. PK's young husband died a little earlier in the 70s. And that sent PK on the journey to find numerology, and the same thing happened to me. I couldn't find any answers to my questions. I went to therapy. I went to church. I went to all sorts of different places Mm -hmm. going, why do good people suffer? Why did my husband have to suffer so much? Why, if there's a God consciousness, you know, does that happen here on earth? And where is my husband now? Why do I still have to be here on earth? And numerology, sacred numerology, Mm -hmm. answered all of that for me. And that changed my life completely. And I began pursuing numerology and studying every spiritual path I could find and, and eventually making my living by helping clients. That is a sacred path. Yeah. Yeah. And here here you are having gone through so much yourself. I mean, not only did your husband go through this terrible and painful illness, Mm -hmm. but you went through it with him and that's equally torturous. Mm -hmm. So it's um, amazing how you've turned it all around. But Patricia, I believe that we If we agree to grief, it means that we're on an accelerated growth path because grief is our greatest spiritual teacher, in my opinion. It wakes us up, gets us to ask those important questions, and to go on a seeking journey to figure out what Mm -hmm. resonates as true. And often, if we haven't lost someone we love, and if We're just kind of focused on the physical world, the work, the career, the money, all that physical survival stuff. We lose with the fact that we're all divine beings who came here on purpose for evolutionary purposes, you know. And the minute we're grieving, we start looking for a different way to understand it. And that's when we realize, wow, the soul of my husband still comes back to give me advice and answers and he's perfectly happy in the divine realms and that this earthly realm is the hard part. It's the school, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I agree. It is. Mm -hmm. One of my dear friends who is a, a therapist had a great quote and she said, death carves you out like nothing else. From yeah, the inside. Yeah. Beautiful. That's I it. really, yeah, that's mm-hmm. really true. So call, you um, have. I, I always call her. I always call uh, grief divine mother grief because the minute we lose a loved one, especially when when it's someone our age, younger, or a child, 
it's not as much if we lose older parents or grandparents. That feels more easy to accept because we expect that. But if we're mm-hmm. suddenly losing a beautiful young husband or we're losing our best friend and we're young, or specifically if parents lose children, they are not going to stop until they find answers that resonate as true. And they usually walk away from some sort of religious dogma they may have been following because their church is not giving them answers that feel right to them. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example? I, obviously not uh, any personal names or details like that, but mm-hmm. anybody yeah. that stands out to you that walks through that with the oh, loss yeah. of the child, and what happened? I work How with do those, you bring them I through work, it? Well, I work with those parents every day. They're my primary clients. I used to have more clients who were looking for their meaningful work when my book, I See Your Dream Job, came out. But if you ever read that book, you'll see that a whole lot of it is also about helping grieving people. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, many years ago. And now um, I would say about a quarter of my clients are help looking for their career guidance, and I'm really good at that. But the rest of my clients are coming through saying, hey, I just lost my 16-year-old child to suicide, or today I had mm. a client lost they lost their um 23 year old son to a fentanyl uh mm-hmm. fentanyl a fentanyl laced um you know they were at a party and people said oh here's some ecstasy and here let's take this and and he took it and it was laced with fentanyl and he didn't know and it uh. killed him instantly so i work with these parents all the time and as you can imagine they're devastated but the children come through stronger than any other spirits because they are determined to help their parents. They want their parents to understand that they're fine, that they're happy actually in the divine realms, and they're trying to help their parents heal. And they have so many validating healing messages for their parents. And, you know, it's just wonderful to channel them in and to talk to them and they have so much to say and they don't want us wasting our lives grieving. They're very clear about that. And mm-hmm. they'll even say things like, you know, mom, you have to get out of bed. Like if a mom is so devastated, she's just spending most of her time in bed, which often happens. You know, the kid's first message is going to be, mom, would you please get out of bed? Remember how we used to love to go bowling? I want you to go bowling. Like they always have these really specific messages to help mm-hmm. their parents. So to me, it's a joy to work with those kids on the other side. I cherish them. And you say that they know why they died. So here's somebody who had a shocking mm-hmm. death that was totally unexpected, probably even by him. And what well, did he learn about this when he got so to the other side? The why there's did it happen? Ways, yeah, there's two ways we look at our life, and one is through the human lens or the ego lens and the conscious mind. And through that lens, everything here can feel like a tragedy, random and mean, meaningless. 
But then when we shift into our soul's perspective, which is where we go when we use our intuition, when we tap into quieting the mind, opening the heart, whether we call that meditation or sitting in the silence, suddenly we're shifting into a different perspective. And the soul chooses the exit point. It is not a random thing. And think of it this way. That family was all hanging out in the divine realms before the lifetime began. And um, the mom and dad said, you know, this time we're going to be the mom and dad, but we really want to grow spiritually in a very intense way so that we can turn around and help other people. We really want to evolve in this lifetime. And so the soul who was going to be their son said, well, I don't want to be down there a long time anyway. I just had a very long life there, and I'm kind of not crazy about going back. But I'll go in because I love you guys, and I will be a loving son, and then there will, I'll take an early exit, and it will break your hearts open. But I will help you heal. I will whisper to you. I'll send all kinds of signs and magic. And through that, you'll be able to go on and help people. In fact, these parents I was working with today, you know, they're already writing a book about their son and how the signs they've received, you know, they're already interested in helping other grieving parents. So that's how the agreements work. And we have to try to shift into our soul view to understand death. Yes, exactly, because it does come Mm -hmm. from that place. And Mm -hmm. so he took an early exit, and it was sudden and shocking. But I would Mm -hmm. think it would be sudden and shocking to him as well, was it? Yeah, to his conscious mind, you know. But here's the thing they, they all show me right away is that the soul already has begun to leave the body when it's the time of exit. So he did not suffer in his body. You know, he took that drug and suddenly he was feeling a little funny and the next thing he knew his soul was out of his body and he was observing it all and flying to be with his parents and helping them. And so he did not suffer in it and his soul remembered because guides meet you. The minute we, before we even leave the body, our guides are there helping us and helping us lift out of the body and we recognize them. Often if we have a departed loved one, they're there helping us adjust to the fact that we're not in the body. And so it's not scary. It's not scary to die. The hard part is here really on earth. And I'll tell you a story. I've had three shared death experiences with one with Paul, my husband who died young and then my best girlfriend who died the next year, but then my father. And I want to share my, the one with my father because it's pretty cool Um, He was dying of lung cancer, and in my family in the South, I think very differently from all the rest of my family, as you can imagine. They're all very Catholic. (laughs) I was raised Catholic. (laughs) I was raised Catholic, too. And there's a lot of good things about Catholicism. They have beautiful traditions and rituals. (laughs) So um, when my my father was dying, he... um, he begged me in the hospital to become a Catholic again. He said, I know you meditate and you're spiritual, 
but I want to be able to find you when you die. And so if you become Catholic again, I can find you in heaven. And that was such a sweet request, you know. So right there in the hospital room, I agreed to it, and a priest came in, and suddenly I was Catholic again, heard my confession and everything. And and so then on the day my father was crossing, my family was fighting about the do not resuscitate orders. My sister and I were going, you have to put those orders on dad's chart. He's dying of lung cancer. You don't want them resuscitating him if he, if he dies. And my family could not agree on that. So, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, they, it was my day to take the young kids home, all of our children, uh, and my dad's grandchildren home and babysit. We each had to take turns doing that. So, it was my day to do that, and I went home, and I got the kids down for a nap, and then I sat down to meditate because I've been meditating since the 70s. The minute my mind began to quiet, my father showed up in front of me, young, vivid, healthy, happy, joking around with me, making me laugh, and he was so funny, and I was like, Dad, because he used to be so funny when he had been younger and healthy and like, Dad, what are you doing, you goofball? And then I was like, Dad, what are you doing here? Oh, my gosh. And I opened my eyes and realized my father's spirit had just come to me very clearly mm-hmm. and that he was out of his body. So I picked up the phone and called the hospital, and my brother Jim answered, and he said, it's chaos in here. Dad's having a heart attack. They're trying to do CPR. Uh, And I said, don't worry, he's not there. He's not in that body. He's already free. He came to show me that he was already free of the body and he's not suffering. And my brother, who was pretty cynical, even believed that. uh, You know, he said, I believe you. And, And that was my father's first way of showing me that he was fine. And then in the same day, he came back and in a vision and said, Wow, you don't have to be a Catholic. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> he said, "There's no heaven and hell." He said, "It's oh, all that's so funny. He said, yeah, he said it's that's all great. loving. Yeah, and he was that so happy. <laughs> so, so they wonderful. didn't resuscitate him. He he was able to just pass peacefully and then they all had their chaos in the room but he was able to do it without the resuscitation so that's fantastic He, he was not suffering and that's what i want people to know who are listening every one of my departments have come back to tell me that in those final hours when it may have looked like they were really suffering they were already free of the body and, you know, the soul leaves even before death is called by the doctors. You know, the soul is often free and and visiting people. So do not have the hold on to those memories of your loved one suffering when they cross because they're not in those memories. They're not suffering. Right. That's great to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good information. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a a question about people passing that may have some extraterrestrial connection. There's a lot being talked about right now with hybrids. And we've had a Mm -hmm. number of guests on the show, like David Jacobs, talking about there are hybrids here among us. In fact, Mm -hmm. uh, 
Robert Bigelow talked about that also on 60 Minutes and said they're right here under our noses. And we think this is true. Have you encountered anything like that where somebody is passing and they are part ET? Well, I'm a soul regression therapist, so one of the great things I get to do with clients is take them uh, into a significant past lifetime and guide them through it and then into the divine realms to talk to the guides. And, and yes, I've had several of these um, people who go back and they're on another galaxy, another planet, and they describe it to me. And, you know, and then we talk about then when they go back into the divine realms, we talk about, well, why did you come to this galaxy and to Earth? And what they're usually saying is because Earth is in trouble. Earth is the hard place. And so a lot of evolved mm-hmm. souls are coming coming here to help. They're coming here to help evolve people. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. No, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good to know that they're coming to help. Well, that's yeah, that's interesting. So <clears throat> when when people pass from an accident well, I know this young man you talked about it was kind of an accident mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. a car accident or a yeah. plane crash or something like that is there mm-hmm. anything different in the way that those people pass from those types of events or is it all basically no. boiled down to the same it's, thing it's, it's a soul exit point I mean that's the thing we have to really be aware that the soul is in charge the soul picks the moment of our birth even if we have a cesarean that was scheduled by the doctor, the the spirit of that child was picking that date for the doctor and guiding their calendar to pick that certain date. And our soul picks the exit point and it's pre-programmed in. We have, we have three potential exit points in our lifetime. And at each one we evaluate, have I accomplished what I came to do or is it my time to cross? And, I even remember one of my potential exit points um, way back, and I remember being brought out of my body to decide if I should stay, and I was sent back here definitely and told I had all kinds of work to do, and I was not going (laughs) to call and I was all grumpy about that, you know. But um, but now (laughs) I'm in my I'm in my 70s, and I'm really glad that I have stayed through this long life because mm-hmm. I've been able to now really use my pain as fuel to help others, you know, to write books, Make to have different. a very meaningful life. Mm-hmm. And if I had left earlier, I would not have been able to accomplish all that. And I think we're all here to help each other. We're all here to help consciousness evolve in our unique ways. I agree with you very definitely. Uh, you had mentioned something earlier about taking a look at my chart and Patricia's. I'm excited yes. to see what you would have to say for us. <laughs> well, Patricia, I'd like to talk to you first because you are on the 22 Master Soul Path based on the number four. Because the way I do it, you add the birth date three different ways. You can read about that in my books. And your 22 shows up one out of the three ways you add the birth date, which means, so for example, I'm a Virgo 22, you're a Leo 22. Um, My Virgo 22, my 22 shows up two out of the three ways, which means my soul was so intent on waking up and 
really growing and then bringing ideas to help the world shift consciousness that there was almost no way out of that shifting uh, work. For you, you chose one way, which means you would always be the four very strong, competent, organized, responsible, hardworking, all of that, but that when you were ready, you would step up. And you said your radio show has been on for 10 years. I mean, at some point in that journey, probably in your maybe in your second Saturn return in your late 50s is when you said, I'm stepping up to be a consciousness shifter here. And that was when you really took on the vibe of that 22. And with the Leo around your path, it means you also have the heart of a healer if and when you want to use it. The Leo, when it's used to its greatest potential with the 22, brings love and warmth and empowering messages to the world and helps people feel empowered and loved and learn new ways of looking at life. That's your journey. But also this year, 2023, Patricia, you're in a one personal year, beginning of a new nine-year cycle. So Mm -hmm. if you and I were working together, I'd be asking you about last year, your nine year, your surrender year, what were you letting go of? And this year, what is your new vision for this new cycle of your life? And that's how we would carry on the conversation. (laughs) That's so interesting. Yes, I like it. Thank you for sharing that. And it sounds right on. Good. Well, that's that second Saturn return happens to all of us in our late 50s, and it is related to the message we were learning about ourselves in our late 20s and our first Saturn return. So when I was in my first Saturn return in my late 20s, I had been very much on my four path, not so much on the 22. I was a mountain climber, all about being strong and helping others find their strength, all this good force stuff. I was also a teacher And then um, Paul died, my husband died, and suddenly I had to really shift up into that 22 Mm -hmm. vibe, you know. Um, But you can go back and map out your whole life and see where those nine-year cycles have been taking you and how at each nine years you've let go of limiting ideas that have held you back, limiting relationships that have stifled you, limiting careers that aren't your true work. And then in the new cycle, you kick it all up to the next notch, the higher level of your journey here. Yeah, that sounds that really sounds great, Wonderful. and it sounds very mm-hmm. accurate because I know last year I was letting go of a lot of things, drawing lines in the sand and creating mm-hmm. boundaries where there maybe were not enough of a strong boundary. So, yeah, and so it's created a lot more space for me to... Uh, to do different things and to do things differently. So it's it's a definite change this one year. Mm-hmm. I love this one year, actually. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one years are great because you do feel this fresh start, you know, like mm-hmm. now I'm beginning to understand where I want all this to go. And the thing is, here on Earth, we're always required to grow and change. Isn't it silly how people think, you know, you're going to find some career in your 20s and be happy with it for the rest of your life. You know, that's just not how the human journey unfolds. Like we're no, constantly hitting, 
yeah, we're constantly hitting reinvention points and maybe we're fired from a job and we're all angry about that. And then when we look at it from the soul's point of view, it's like, thank you, because now I'm going to start looking for something that's more in alignment with my true soul Mm -hmm. mission. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sue. That's great. Appreciate that. PK, can we talk about you? Certainly. Look forward to it. <laughs> so, PK, you are the Libra One Path, the visionary. And, you know, I can tell just by chatting with you before the call, the radio show began that you are so living up to that visionary status. But here's the other thing, as you know, the One Path journey is about overcoming self-doubt to become the visionary and to follow your own inner truth, your own authentic path, not to do it other people's way, you know. And you mm-hmm. told me that your your husband crossed, you know, in the early 70s. That was an agreement so that you would have to really step up to believe in yourself. Be, there's nothing harder than being a single mom, and you pulled it off. And that is the ultimate lesson in self-reliance and self-confidence and believing in yourself and to see how far you've come now that you're this powerful visionary numerologist on a radio show that's such a journey beautifully done and with the Libra wrapped around it it would always mean that you would have artistic gifts coming through even uh, writing hopefully hopefully you've written books I don't know but you should if you haven't and (laughs) And also the Libra is based in grace and beauty. I mean, you know, I'm sure back in your youth you were quite a beautiful young girl. And, you know, that's part of the gift of the Libra path. But the challenge of the Libra path also is learning to quiet the mind enough that you trust your heart rather than letting the mind flip back and forth to see both sides (laughs) of it, you know, every decision. Like, well, I I think I should do it this way. No, 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 I should do it that way. No, no, no. (laughs) So hopefully hopefully meditation and, you know, that sort of thing has helped you quiet the mind so you can really trust your powerful intuition, your powerful heart, your powerful knowingness. Thank you. The other the other thing for you, PK, is that this year you're in a seven personal year. I love mm-hmm. a seven personal year. It is so spiritual, so lifted up above the world, so analytical. And, you know, seven for me is like being on a spiritual retreat. I just love it. So I'm hoping that you're using the year to do some writing, maybe do some studying, do some spiritual uh, processing meditation and take good use of that beautiful intuitive reflective energy of the seven personal year mm-hmm. that I am that I am <laughs> <laughs> makes great. me feel like I'm heading in the right direction then for sure good 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 <laughs> well that's a mini version of how I do a session because I also, you know, spend an hour with the client going through their Mm -hmm. personal year cycles and all their soul agreements and all of that. And plus, 
before the session begins, I've already meditated on their path and downloaded guidance for them from their guides and from their departed loved ones. That's wonderful. Now, when you talk to the departed loved ones, do you? I know you said you're mostly clairaudient, but do you actually have a, a conversation with them where you can see them, oh, yeah. or you just well, I can you hear I them. can always hear I can always hear them I can feel them and sometimes I can see them. It really I, it's funny I've learned that it really depends on the spirit of that departed if they kind of show themselves to me or not. And like some kids show up so vividly that I can start describing them to their mom. Others just talk to me and tell me things, you know. Um, but even my departed, uh, when they've come through, Paul and Chrissy and my dad, they appear very visual. Um, in fact, I'll tell you the story of Chrissy visiting me, one of our profound visits after she crossed. So Chrissy was my best childhood girlfriend. We had grown up together in the Deep South, but neither of us were Southern girls. We were progressive thinkers, and she was so brilliant, and we couldn't wait to graduate high school so we could go to college far away out of the South. And Chrissy was so brilliant that she was one of the first women accepted at Georgetown University in 1969. She was so brilliant. And she made me laugh like nobody in my life has ever made me laugh. Chrissy was that girlfriend who would make me laugh so hard that my stomach muscles would hurt. You guys know that feeling when you're (laughs) laughing so hard, your stomach muscles Uh hurt. So so that was Chrissy. And, um, And then when Paul died, Chrissy came out to see me in Colorado and she was talking to me a lot and helping me, and then we went downhill skiing together. This was just like six months after Paul died, and she fell, and all of a sudden her leg had these terrible bruises on it, and we just thought, my gosh, she must have like maybe broken something, but she could walk on it, but it was terribly bruised. So then she got on the plane and flew. She was living in California, flew back to California, And by the time she got off the plane, she was pretty much covered in bruises, and they rushed her to the emergency room, and she was diagnosed with a very intense, aggressive form of leukemia. And this put me into total shock, angst, pain, and grief. It was six months after Paul died, you know? And um, so... So Chrissy, you know, yeah, she and I, we were on the phone just constantly talking about this, and then she went through a bone marrow transplant. She seemed to be doing pretty well. Um, We met up in the South with our families and had some incredible conversations. And then I was in Mexico teaching fitness at a resort. This was the early 80s. And one night, I thought Chrissy was doing fine in the States. And one night, Chrissy was with me the whole night, making me laugh so hard that my stomach muscles were hurting. And I would wake up, and I'd go, gosh, I'm with Chrissy. And then I'd I'd go to sleep, and it would continue. Chrissy was taking me places, showing me people laughing, 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 making me laugh so hard. And I woke up that morning and went, oh, my God, I was with Chrissy all night. We were laughing and laughing, and then I went, oh, no, and I went and finally got a call back through to the States. This was the 80s before 
cell phones. It was hard to call mm-hmm. another country. And and I finally got a hold of her mother, and her mother said that she had crossed that night. And as you can imagine, I was so devastated by it. And then two nights later, um, she took a took a night off. I'm sure she was with all of her other friends and family. And then the night after that, she came back to me and took me into the divine realms. And we stood on this stone balcony and she appeared next to me as this shimmery being. I could see her hair. I could see her body, but she was shimmering like the light was flickering. It was extraordinary. And she was reaching her hand around to put it on my back and rubbing my back and trying to get me to release pain from my heart. And as she rubbed my back, I opened my mouth and screamed this really deep old pain out of my soul. And the sound of my scream went across this water and she just kept rubbing my back going, that's right. That's right. Release it, release it, let it go. Mm. And, um, and I woke up, And, of course, I had known I had been with Chrissy and that she had come to try to help me heal my grief. And I saw her vividly in that vision. Gosh, how intense. I know. (laughs) I didn't sign up for the easy journey. I wasn't joking. Next lifetime, I want to be a (laughs) five-path soul because they have so much fun, so much adventure. They're so charismatic. (laughs) 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 And it's not based in the number four of hard work, which is your path and my path, Patricia. Yes, we've done a lot of hard work, you and me. <laughs> oh, my God, really? It's like, um, you know, I keep thinking, gosh, when do I get to step into the five-path journey? Like, could it be now? Could we just say 70-something years is enough on one path? You know, right. can we shift into the next one <laughs> now? Work that way. <laughs> yes. Oh, please. Oh. Now, let me ask you a question about name changes because PK and I have been talking about this and how it affects your numbers and your resonance. So when people change Mm -hmm. their names, what happens? Mm -hmm. Does it change their past? Well, here's what I've learned is that the name that you were born with that was on your birth certificate, it carries the vibration of of your essence and that essence never changes. So my name on my birth certificate was different from the name that I have now. And it had so many missing numbers in it, which meant it was a double whammy for me to be on a 22 Mm -hmm. path and then have tons of missing numbers in my name. So that that meant I was eager and ready for all kinds of lessons to grow and evolve in this life. I actually have a memory of feeling that my soul posse had been growing faster than me and that I was falling behind. And so I went to my guide and said, I really am ready to have a very intense life because I want to keep up with all my loved ones. I want to grow. And I remember my guide going, are you sure? Like we reviewed my life plan, you know, and they were like, are you sure? And I was like, I can do it, I promise. And as I was jumping in, I remember hearing these words from a guide that said, your courageous heart will always guide you and get you through all the hard moments. 
and that that has been true my whole life. My courageous heart has been my lifesaver. And so my name has never changed. All those lessons are still there in the name. But when I Mm -hmm. married Paul, it changed to Paul. Paul, His name was Paul Frederick. And I knew that I wanted my name to be Sue Frederick from then on. And Sue Frederick changes the way the other people see me. In other words, they don't see all of the missing pieces that I'm here to grow and work on. I'm a little more protected with the name I took from Paul, but it hasn't changed my uh, my soul's journey here. It's just changed how people perceive me. How interesting. Huh. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And it's, it's funny because when my daughter was born, I was so determined that her life would be easier than mine. PK, did you, <laughs> you already had your kids by the time you were... Once you know numerology, it is so, oh, my gosh, so interesting when you're having children because I had children in my 40s. It was later in life. And with my daughter, I was like, no, 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 I don't want her to be a 24. I want her to have an easier life. No, I don't. I want her to have a name with every number in it. And so, and so I gave her this long name with four names in it, you know, and, um, of course, she was born with, you know, I couldn't help it. She was born to be a Libra 22-4. Oh, <laughs> Actually, no. PK, PK, her birthday is October 17th, and that's your birthday. So, yes, um, it is. Yep. So she was born a Libra 22, and she had four names, so she didn't have all these missing numbers that I had. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, she's had like you can't control another person's journey. She's had her own challenges, her own issues and, you know, mm-hmm. and her own vibration of her, of her path. And I just think it's so interesting because we think that sometimes we're here, we can control it here, like change our name or name our child something different. But the soul comes in and does what they have to do no matter what. You know? That's for sure. That is for sure. And when you have when you have missing missing numbers, um, mm-hmm. what karmic that you came in yes. to to really build something from the ground up because you don't have anything as a reference point in that particular center. Well, there's mm-hmm. ways of looking at karma. I've I've studied Buddhism and Hinduism and. But I've decided after all that, the best part was ministry school where I got to study all the traditional religions, their origins, everything about them, including Christianity. And what I believe now is that karma does not work the way the Buddhists and the Hindus describe it because they pretty much paint a picture of endless reincarnation and loops Mm -hmm. of coming back for karma that we have no control over. And that is very much like Christianity, saying if you do something wrong, you're going to go to hell. And, you know, in, in the karmic lessons of the Buddhists and the Hindus, they say if you do something wrong, you're just in this horrible cycle of reincarnation. But the way I have learned from my studies is that the soul does a soul review. The minute we die, the minute we leave the body, we do a soul review. We're held by the guides by God, by the angels, and we lovingly see our life that we've just finished. And we see the ripple effect of all of our words, actions, our thoughts, our feelings, 
and did we hurt more people than we helped or did we help more people than we hurt did we love more people than we hated or did we hate more people than we loved and that's how it's looked at and also were we courageous or did we live in fear and our soul absorbs all of that information and even understands the backstory of everyone in our life who may have hurt us or broken our heart. And so we have ultimate forgiveness for everyone. We understand everyone was always doing the best they could to their level of awareness. And so our soul then decides, all right, am I going to stay here in the divine realms and learn and study here and try to help earth from here? Or am I going to jump back in and come back into the human realm again? And the karma is deciding that there is somebody whose heart I broke so badly that maybe I want to go back in and be their grandchild or their their child and, and love on them and help them heal. But it's karma that we choose to act on. It's not a punishment. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's very different. Well, somebody's just called in, but before I take this call, PK, you had a question for Sue? No. Well, at this point in time, many times in the process of learning as we go through this, how do we, and how do you put a person on the right path? Because guilt seems to step in to so many people when we're talking about the numbers that they assume that they have to be penalized for what they have done in the past. Well, that is Christian dogma at its worst mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> and um, guilt, is a, guilt is a completely toxic emotion. It has no healthy place in our lives. And it's not true, for example, um, that when you cross over into the divine realm, there's no such thing as guilt. Everything in the divine realm is love and wisdom and mm-hmm. understanding And so when we're here on earth, if our loved one dies, we're going to feel guilty no matter how that loved one cross. I mean, even for you and me, PK, you know, Mm -hmm. when my husband died, I felt like, gosh, I should have gotten into a different surgeon or I should have found a different treatment for him. I mean, our human brains want to believe that we have control here and we don't. Our souls are in charge. So no matter how your loved one crosses, you're going to find some way to feel guilty about it, especially Mm -hmm. these beautiful parents that I work with who've lost their children. You know, a parent believes they're here to keep their children safe, you know, and so, of course, even if their child dies in an accident, they're going to have a million reasons why they think they should have done something that would have prevented it. But the child... The child doesn't feel that way. The child says, this was our agreement. You did nothing wrong. And the guilt is just toxic. And so I do these workshops where they people mm-hmm. write their guilt story and we start sharing it with each other. And what you find out is that every single person carries a guilt story and they're all the same and that we all share that. So then we can just tear it up burn it in a bonfire, and let it go. Well, do, do you believe in the intuitive side? I, I knew prior to my husband's going that something was happening, and it wasn't until it was a couple of weeks before, and I kept getting this feeling. 
and I I knew what was happening, but I kept thinking it's something else. And I even talked to our pastor about it. And, of course, he told me, oh, you're silly. This is a crazy thing to think. And mm-hmm. when my husband passed away, he was there, and he said, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Oh, my God. And then he felt terrible. But it was already predestined. I couldn't do anything about it, even knowing. Right. Well, that's why it's difficult being intuitive because, you know, we know we can have a sense when something's coming. Mm-hmm. But but I really believe that, you know, we're, we can have a sense about it, but we're not allowed to know certain things because right. the lessons the lessons have to unfold in the way they unfold. So mm-hmm. I had always had... I had grown up having these terrible hospital dreams where I was trapped in a hospital watching people suffer and I couldn't help them. And I would run out of the room and I'd find myself in another hospital room and people were suffering and crying and I couldn't help them. And it was this horrible nightmare. Like all my childhood mm-hmm. friends will tell you that I had that all the time. And and then when I had an astrology reading in my 20s, they said, you've got some kind of major heartbreak happening in your first Saturn return in your late 20s. And I was like, oh, great, thanks Mm -hmm. for telling me that. I mean, that didn't really (laughs) help me. And then suddenly (laughs) I'm deeply in love, you know, deeply in love with Paul, and then we're married, and then he's in a hospital suffering like crazy, and I can't relieve him. So that dream had always been there for me. That was what I was Mm -hmm. knowing was coming but I wasn't allowed to really know how it was coming or when because it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have learned from it what I was here to learn. No, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about it's very hard, so very hard with murder, murder, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. So I, I have, you know, I have a podcast called Mystical Conversations, and two of my favorite ones are uh, with parents who's, um, well, this one particular couple, um, their children were murdered by a drunk driver, young children, Uh um, yeah, four and seven years old. And um, so they have an amazing story to tell about how quickly their children came through to tell them that they were fine and that they weren't children. They were ancient souls. And so then they had to go on the journey of forgiveness for this drunk driver. And um, 10 years later, they had enough out-of-body experiences that they could understand that this man um, needed to be forgiven. And so then they found him because he had been in jail and they found out, that he had gotten become a minister while he was in jail and that once he was released he spent the rest of his life helping people counseling people being a minister and when they walked in to meet him in person for the first time um he was so profoundly sorry and offering so much you know understanding and empathy and sorrow for them and they were so happily forgiving him and loving on him and what they told me in the interview is they understand that every life we pick a role and that sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the bravest most courageous people who agree 
to be the drunk driver, the murderer, because we are all playing different roles in different lives to help each other grow. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one Amazing. to really wrap your mind yeah. around, that somebody it would choose is. to be a murderer or a drunk driver, something like that. That's and what about, our, I mean, well, let me ask you this question. Mind doesn't think that way, yeah. What about people that are adults involved in a murder? Like, you know, there's so many women who are, uh, I've been reading about lately, it seems, more than ever before, that have been attacked and murdered by their own husbands or by a stranger. I mean, that's a real, I mean, that's an interactive death and where there was yep. struggle and tremendous fear, um, things like that. What about when these folks pass? I mean, I would imagine there's there's a lot of, of emotion that they carry over. And what happens with all of that? So it's only in their consciousness as long as they're still in the body. Once they cross, they suddenly see it differently. And they're not carrying any of that fear and rage. But the person who stays on Earth... Um, you know, mm-hmm. they are going to learn, they are going to be learning accelerated lessons from still being there. Whether or not they get prosecuted, their soul is dealing with what they have done. And sometimes they'll stay for a long life after doing something like that because the process of being on earth, they suddenly just start learning and growing even if they're not ending up in jail, their soul suddenly starts awakening. And that is Mm -hmm. the purpose of everything. We're trying to wake up to our spiritual essence while we're on earth. And some souls are very stuck in a negative pattern. And sometimes they have to find themselves maybe doing something terrible and then realizing it. And that realizing what's important in life and suddenly going, oh, my gosh, I want to be a better person. And that's the beginning mm-hmm. of their soul awakening. Well, and some yeah. people have actually crossed over but have come or stayed around, I guess you could say, to help people find the murderer so that there's no more yeah. suffering that happens. And there's I, one case in particular stands out. They made a movie about it when this nurse was uh, basically she was channeling this woman who passed away, who was murdered Mm -hmm. horribly and was Mm -hmm. able to provide details so that the murderer was caught. It was quite an amazing story, Mm -hmm. but that spirit wasn't willing to walk away from all of this. Mm -hmm. That spirit came back and said, we've got to find this person and stop them, which is what happened. So have you encountered anything like that? but but the way the human mind say, sees that is very limited. So in other words, for all we know, that soul who came in to say, here's where the murderer is, you know, to stop them, that they were helping people understand that souls don't die and they were helping mm-hmm. the person who channeled in their information to feel that that soul was healthy and happy and be able to share that with the person's loved ones, hopefully. It's not always like just the way we see it, like, oh, they wanted to to prosecute the murderer. There were many other complex layers and elements of 
growth and learning and awakening happening in all of that process, including to the person who could channel them in and help kill the kill, catch the killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm always intrigued by by that, and I'm sure that there. I have no doubt what you're saying is true. There's always many dimensions that go with this. There was mm-hmm. one other incredible story, and it was portrayed on Paranormal Witness. It was called Through the Eyes of a Murderer, and mm-hmm. Through the Eyes of a Killer. It was probably the best singular story I have ever seen. Um, the woman was a world-class psychic that uh, was able to help stop uh, future murders with this person. Who mm-hmm. He had planned them out, and he had chosen his victims, mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was just an amazing story. So it's, it's what I find so fascinating about it is that once these people were had crossed because they were murdered, mm-hmm. they also came mm-hmm. back and and added information, help, etc. Mm-hmm. And this yep. particular story, they they really didn't want him to go on and and kill again. It was, but it was, mm-hmm. I love to see the combination of the living and the dead working together. I think that yeah, that is something that is so powerful um, yeah. to not even see the because separation. The veil, I mean, the veil is thinner than ever now. We can all mm-hmm. be working with the departed. We can all be hearing them. We can all be seeing them. As soon as we start quieting our minds and trusting our hearts and our our gut and our feelings and all of that stuff because our mind is so much the monkey mind that gets in the way and makes us doubt it all but Mm -hmm. a medium you know a really good psychic or a medium they've learned how to quiet the mind and listen to the voice of the departed and we're all capable of it we just have to discipline our minds enough to be able to do it Makes good sense. Well, Sue, yeah, please tell everybody how they can find you. <laughs> SueFrederick.com is my website. Um, if you want to hear, hear some of these parents, and I interview them on my podcast, Mystical Conversations Podcast. Um, in fact, the, the most recent interview is with a couple of parents who's beautiful young son was killed by a driver who fell asleep at the wheel and they have an amazing story to tell about their son instantly coming back to help them get through it all so just you can go listen to mystical conversations podcast or go to my website suefrederick.com or get any of my books on amazon Uh, my newest book through a divine lens practices to quiet the ego and align with the soul that is coming out. You can pre-order on Amazon. It'll be released in June 27th. Wonderful! Congratulations. That sounds like a wonderful book. And thank you so much, Sue, for coming on the show and sharing all of this great information and your wonderful life story. We so appreciate it. Well, you guys are awesome. I feel like you're my kindred souls. So thank you so much. It's been really fun. <laughs> thank you. Been delightful. It has. Thank you're you. you're now one, you're one of the supernatural girls. There's no question about it. So All thank right. you. I love being called a girl in my seventies. I'll take that. <laughs> Me too. That's right. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you 
Alrighty. Okay. Next week Bye-bye. we will be back with another great show. We're going to be talking about something a little different. We have a Harvard-trained um, person coming in who's going to be talking about EMPs. Now that's a subject I've wanted to learn more about, and he's going to be instructing us all. And we are hoping it never happens that we have to uh, make use of this information. But he's going to be coming in next week to tell us all about it. So until then, everybody, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.